Hi, and welcome back to Lost at Random. I'm Sil. And I'm Danielle. And this uh, episode, we watched Season 2, Episode 4, Everybody Hates Hugo, which aired back on October 12th, 2005, which brings us to uh, Danielle's first Hurley episode. Yep. And we did watch this. This is So this is uh, Lost at Random, Episode 14. We saw the episode that takes place chronologically before this in Episode 10 of our podcast. So continuity i have it for once yeah and i have been curious as to what you thought hurley's backstory was for quite a while so i'm glad i'm really curious to see what now that you have an idea of what it is what you think about that yeah uh we talked a little bit about that last week uh where i hypothesized that you know maybe he was institutionalized or maybe he was a neat or something and we find out before we get started, our episode beverage is Block 15 Brewing's The Prophecies from 2015. It is a Belgian-style quad, and it is quite delicious. Yes, it is also very boozy. So, yeah, um, get yeah, go for it. Prophecies is a rather fitting name for a beer during <laughs> a uh, show that fucks around with chronology, so... Well, especially the way we're watching it. Yes. Some things seem awfully prophetic. Yeah. Others are just random. Uh, anyway, uh, we start with somebody putting a record on, which I've noticed is the way several episodes have started. Hurley is looking through the Dharma pantry in shock. He opens a metal tin marked candy. There's a chocolate bar in there. He opens it and just goes after it. Chips? They're not stale? Yes. Milk? Cereal? There's a box with apparently like a whole steak turned on a plate. Ice cream? It's weird, but sure, all right. Somebody appears in the door. It's Jin. He says, hi there, Hurley. Hurley's like, dude, you speak English? And Jin's like, no, you're speaking Korean. And then we switch to them speaking Korean. And he's like, what's he doing here? And it's a man in a chicken sh- suit. And he's just uh, making beeps as he every time he blinks. Yeah, so how confused were you at this point? Uh, like 10 seconds in. I was pretty baffled, but I figured it was a fever dream or something. During, like, during this brief exchange, they do switch into Korean and then back to English. Dream Jin says, have a cluckety cluck cluck day, Hugo. Hugo wakes up, or Hurley, wakes up at the computer. I guess he's both Hurley and Hugo. Uh, it's Desmond's old station, Swan Station. Uh, Kate asks if he fell asleep. She points out the numbers are written down on the side. And Hurley's like, I know what they are. She says, Locke went down to the beach, so she's the next shift... Oh, Jack told me about your job. At least you have jobs again, right? Hurley says, yay for us. <laughs> we switch to the pit crew. Light laugh grand, says Sawyer. Jin seems to be suggesting human periods or pyramids. Uh, Mike is yelling. Uh, Sawyer's like, we should just chill because Rambina up there is whatever. It's not one of his better nicknames. Jin kind of asks about his wounded soldier, and Sora's like, you're going to pee on it. The uh, the big accented man opens the hatch, throws down a rope, and asks Jin to grab it, and then says, please. Sora says, don't do it. Anna Lucia sh- shows up and says, climb or I'll shoot. Jin gingerly inches to the rope, and he's hauled up. They send the rope back down, and Anna says, you next to Mike. Sora's like, she's bluffing, and then she throws a rock at him. Mike climbs out. <laughs> Sora's like, well, I'm not going to come up here unless you come down here, Hot Lips, or whatever. But he's not asked to climb up. They just slam the hatch door in his face. 
and title. Yeah, so aside from the uh, fever dream, everything in this episode probably makes a lot of sense to you, because you saw exactly what happened before this for the first time. Yep, we had the pit crew right where they were after Sawyer was making some dumb comments, and we're entering numbers in her computer every 108 minutes. Yeah, okay. Um, any other thoughts right now? Uh, at the moment, no. Okay, go for it. Um, after the credits, it's a flashback. We have the lottery being announced, and it is a kind of familiar set of numbers. I started writing them down, and you gently corrected me. Uh, it is 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, with the Mega Million number 42 for gonna... a record-winning jackpot. Yeah, you're going to know those numbers very well by the end of this. Am I? Yes, yes, you are. I've only seen them twice. Uh-huh. So, I mean, like, I know anecdotally, like, living on the planet Earth in the United States for the last almost 30 years, I know people know these numbers by heart. I don't yep. know. I mean, I'm not entering them in a computer every 108 minutes, so. I mean, are you sure you're not? Pretty sure, unless I secretly died back on that plane crash <laughs> 13 years ago. Anyway, so. The, the weird numbers are apparently the Mega Million numbers. Yep. Uh, baby-faced Hurley has his hair pulled back and he faints because he's holding a ticket with those numbers. So in all the things you thought about Hurley's backstory, was multi-millionaire one of them? No, not really. They did. They have alluded to it very briefly in some of the episodes you've seen. I did not catch that, if they did. Oh, it's it's throwaway comments you didn't catch, but it was things like, when Walt was like, Hurley, you owe me $20,000. And Hurley's like, oh, you're going to get it. Huh. And other, there's other I thought time. it was sarcasm, maybe? Oh, exactly. That's, yeah, or they're like humoring a kid. Way. Yeah, but no, they they, other, they mention it a few other times. They briefly do to the fact that Hurley is rich beyond measure, which is I, I knew that wasn't what you expected, so I was kind of curious. Yeah. Uh, the news lady says it has been the 16th week without a winner, so it's probably a heckin' big jackpot, even though lotteries are bad ways to make money, don't actually do them. Just PSA kids. Yeah, well, you're not a fictional character on a TV show. No, so. but uh, with the big ones a couple, like a month or so ago, some of my coworkers were like, hey, would my odds increase if I buy more tickets? And I'm like, no, you're playing into their hands, but... Anyway, um... I mean, your odds increase from... I think it's one in four and a half million? Or four and a half billion, if I recall, something like that, to two and four and a half billion. It's not great. No. And multiple people can pick the same numbers, so don't do it, kid. Yeah, I think it's four, it's four and a half billion. So I think it's the point where it hits four billion. Technically, you have a higher chance of making money after ticket than yeah. losing it. You could get, like, 20 bucks. Yeah. But anyway... Anyway, we'll stop being your parents... Speaking of parents, his mom comes in because, you know, he's a big boy and he collapses. She's like, well, why did you faint? And he kind of lies. He says, uh, something I ate. And she's like, well, okay, Hugo, you work, you eat, you sleep. What else do you have going on in your life? Maybe you need a change. Maybe you need to pray to Jesus and tell him what kind of car you'll get or something. And he's like, well, maybe I don't want to change. Maybe I like my life. So I feel like my guess that he was in neat is not too far off because he's, you know, a mid-20s man who's got a dead-end job and lives at home. Yeah. Yeah. And some people, that's comfortable. That's, it's a way of living uh -huh. for now. For some. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I also see his mom's point of, well, where's the directionality? Um, we go back to the island. Charlie is chatting with Hurley. He's carrying Aaron in a sling. And Charlie's like, hey, what's in the hatch? And Hurley says, oh, it's, uh, it's like a World War II bunker, but it's newer. And Charlie's like, you're lying. Why would you lie to me? Why would you lie to a baby? <laughs> I love that. I just like, why would why, you do that? Why would you lie to a baby? And it just... Why would you lie in front of a baby? It, it zooms into the Aaron's, like, sleeping face. It's kind of mm-hmm. adorable. And he's like, you know, Hurley, I, I didn't think you were a liar. It's like that one time you said you were worth $156 million. And then he walks away saying, yeah, because I'm worth, like, $9 trillion. Rose is hanging out. She's hanging up some clothes to dry while humming. Hurley comes to chat while she's doing laundry. Hurley's like, you don't want to know what it is? And she's like, like, what? He's like, everyone's asking me about what we found in the jungle. And she's like, it's not going to help me finish laundry, is it? And he says, well, it is. She's a lot nicer saying it than you were. Okay, true. It's it's, it's Rose. She's a sweetheart. It's Rose. Rose is the best. She yes. is the best, and I'm distressed that she does not show up in these later season episodes. She might. She might. I just have not seen as... It's whenever they're dealing with the others, there's not as much Rose, and I wonder about that. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, but I mean, maybe that's because she's not in a dramatic, stupid love triangle quadrahedron thing. (laughs) Anyway, Hurley takes Rose to the bunker... Jack sees them and he's like, who else did you tell? But Hurley's like, Rose is cool. And she is. she's like, yeah, I don't I don't know what I would say, even if I did know, want to tell people. On the beach, Claire is walking in the shore. It's like happy, cheerful music. And she sees a wine bottle drifting in the waves. Uh, there's a lot of pages in it. I thought it was like a book or something, like rolled up into things. But maybe it's just notes. And there's stressful strings. Okay. Back in the bunker, Jack shows Rose the pantry. Jack's like, hey, what you need to do is you'll need to inventory it and do not take any part of it. Because, you know, that fucks up with an inventory. There are tins of candy. There are Apollo bars. Hurley's yeah. never heard of them. And Rose says, well, my husband or my husband would like these. He's like, oh, is Bernard? Bernard was your husband? She's like, no, he's my husband. And Hurley's like, oh, wasn't he in the back of the plane? She's like, well, he's probably still out there. He's fine. Because he's Bernard. Yeah, so I know literally the last episode you were talking about how you weren't sure that there are back-of-the-plane survivors and whatnot. I'm pretty sure this cemented it for you that they exist. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Because you've seen the Rose and Bernard episode, Mm -hmm. um, at least one of them. Yeah. Hurley says, oh, well, or I forget how they segue into it, but Hurley is like, oh, nobody's going to love me because of this. And Rose is like, but everyone loves you. And he says, no, especially when I start being the gatekeeper for supplies. Kate comes in. He's like, oh, cool. Is there shampoo? Great. I'm going to take a bottle. And Hurley's like, that's where it starts. We have a flashback. Uh, it starts with the It starts with the Kate fan service. I guess. Uh, well, if this is the first shower they've had in a while. Which, oh, I know. Yeah. You know, that's a luxury. Very that's much nice. so. Flashback. Hurley is a cashier. He and his bestie are just doing their thing at a chicken shop. 
when the manager calls him back, he calls him by his last name, Reyes. Mm-hmm. So, for representation, Hugo Reyes. Oh, you probably should mention also that his mom spoke to him in part Spanish. Yeah, well, partly. I mean, just yeah. Spanglish. She was like, Spanglish. You, you eat this basura, trash. Anyway, boss man is like, hey, look at what I saw in the camera footage. You owe us an eight-piece dark meat combo. And Hurley's like, what? And then boss man is also like, you know, those napkins cost money. It's two per customer. Are you made of money? Do I look like I'm made of money? And Hurley's like, yeah, I quit. Uh, his coworker quits too, uh, as he sees Hurley breathing into a paper bag. They're going to have an awesome day. They're very much Ferris Bueller, this. A little bit, yeah. Well, I mean, Ferris Bueller is they pretended to be sick. And this one, the boss man knows they're leaving. Yeah. I get your point. Back on the island, it looks like Locke is eating a lemon, but I think it's a mango. Charlie's following him, and Locke calls him out because Locke can see everyone sense everything. <laughs> um, Charlie says, you know, I am tired of being at the kids' table for secrets. I know you found something. Tell me what you found. You know, I didn't go swanning off to the Black Rock on the A-team, but I deserve answers. Any idea what the Black Rock is? No. I figure that is a reference to whatever the finale of season one was. Maybe. Uh, and I think swanning off is an excellent verb choice, given that there is swan- they're at Swan Station, which mm-hmm. I-, I can see the writer going, ho, 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 <laughs> situational <laughs> irony, while I use this word. Whatever. I... Yes, I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. I was like, he noticed it, so, that's, so they got the job well done. Yes. And I guess Locke tells him or something off camera. We switch to the bunker. Saeed is finding more concrete on the other side of a door. He tells Jack that it's like 8 to 10 feet thick. And on the other side, it seems to be magnetic because a key that Jack has on a chain seems to be pulled towards it. Saeed's like, good thing I'm using this titanium beam for digging. And Saeed's like, what? I don't think we're going to get in up here. He then shows Jack a ladder going down below, saying, hey, let's go under. Back in the pit. Sawyer is stewing. The accident man comes back, opens the pit, throws the rope down. Sawyer's like, I ain't doing nothing until my friends are okay. Michael pops his head over and says, oh, are we friends now? Uh, (laughs) Anna Lucia says, do it now, or the rope comes up. Everything is cool. Swell. We find out that these other people are plain people. Sawyer yes. gets mouthy. I don't really care specifically what he says. Anna Lucia beats on him. Does better than he does. And team is moving out. Tail Raiders out. Um, um, so now that you're seeing more, um, what do you think that the accident man and Anna Lucia might have done before this? Sat on an airplane. Okay. Like, do you, you like their backstories? Yeah, just out of curiosity, what do you think? Uh, well, she probably was suffering from amnesia while fighting against her team in car races throughout the American Southwest. Are you going to assume this is... This is this an- is part of the Fast and Furious world? Yes. This is what happened to her after she dies? Or maybe this is when they think she's dead, but she's actually working for the other team. She was secretly on the island the whole time. <laughs> Everything is a part of Fast and Furious. Even so, so, I saw the new Wreck-It Ralph this weekend. I will say that is also part of Fast and Furious. I will die by on this that's, hill. So, so, so you think that in the time in between the movie and Wreck, 
when she dies and she comes back with amnesia, this was her on the island. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, that, doesn't, doesn't that make... I, I'd have to look at the timeline of the Fast and Furious movies to this, because this is 2005, but I feel like that's made... Fast and Furious series when she is quote unquote dead that she yeah. could plausibly be on an island because in between her missions for I need to I need to do a rewatch of Fast and Furious but like <laughs> when she was like an amnesiac doing missions for other team maybe they sent her to check out an island and now she's under the cover name Anna Lucia and I might just go back to calling her Letty in my notes. I mean, to be fair, I definitely can see a Fast and Furious maybe somehow involving some method of travel that would end up with someone lost on an island, but mm-hmm. that's um, in okay. Uh, that's not, I'm not going to go into any, any more theory crafting on that because that could that could yeah. go on for quite a while. I don't have any theory crafting on the accident, man. Okay. Some people are just on planes. Got it. Not everyone has a specific reason for why they're traveling Sydney to Australia. I mean, Sydney to L.A. Except they do. Okay. Every well, person. Yeah, I mean, that's why they're on the plane. No one's like... Even Frogger. What? 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 Frog? What? Did you say Frogger? Oh, Gogurt. Yeah. Gogurt? Frogger. What? You don't remember Frogger? I vaguely remember the nickname, but okay. I don't remember who this is. He's Frogger. Okay, I'm going to move on now. Um, <laughs> He's, he looks like a frog, and he s- sold frozen yogurt. He was one of the survivors. Uh, I vaguely remember us talking about this. And we will vaguely remember it again next time it shows up. Which who knows when that will be. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, Locke, meanwhile, while I've been theory crafting uh, Fast and Furious, Locke was telling Charlie everything. And Charlie's just contemplating the whole, like, 108-minute thing, like, did Desmond sleep? And Locke says, I didn't get a chance to ask him because he just disappeared. Which is an unusual thing to say because I feel like Locke was pretty good at tracking things, but maybe oh, yeah. he was too distracted by the new mystery box of 108 minutes to figure out where the fuck Desmond disappeared well, to. Well, Locke said he did try to track him, but Desmond didn't leave much of a trail, which I don't know if that's a cop-out or if Desmond's just really, really good at island running. He could be. Maybe. Yeah, I also like how this this scene... Charlie just goes over, like, all this, getting rid of all the fan theories. You're like, how do you hit the button every one or eight minutes by yourself? Who knows? Where did he go? Eh. Yeah. What did he do? Eh. Moving on. Yeah. So anyway, Locke's like, I'm setting up two-person shifts every six hours or so to push the button. And Charlie's like, well, what's what's Hurley been doing? Because he's been gone half the day. Locke says, oh, he's in charge of the food. We switch to Hurley looking out at the ocean. Best buddy Charlie comes up to him and says, I know. Hurley. And uh, Hurley's like, uh, yeah, Locke just says a lot of stuff. But he's really bad at lying. And and Locke does say a lot of stuff. Locke does say a lot of stuff, but he's bad at lying. Uh, And he's (laughs) caught. We go to a flashback. Hurley and his co-worker are looking at one-hit wonders at the record store. Uh, Their lady friend who works it needs The one-hit wonder was We Are Everybody by Driveshaft. Just, just, just let people know that. Is that an actual song? It is a song. Is it Charlie's band? I will say no further comment. Okay, it's probably Charlie's band. It is an important song, though. Is it... Maybe. Maybe not. Because I know writers like to be very back, 
self-congratulatory back patty? It probably is, but I don't know. Um, anyway, they're at the record store. Uh, Starlight is like, oh, what are you doing here? Aren't you guys supposed to be at work? And uh, Hurley's like, we quit. And she's like, oh, but you know, if you quit your job, everything's going to change. Like, flowers will die and bees will stop making honey and the world will end. And yeah, which is a pretty prescient comment for 2005. <laughs> Thanks for fucking up our honeybees, Hurley. That's the real cause. He asks her if she'd like to go see the Hold Steady on Friday. And she's like, oh, I have to work. But uh, Saturday? And it's a date. Yeah. Do you... I mean, I guess... I think they might be in the L.A. area, technically. I was going to say, do we have the same question on our minds of, like, why is a band playing two shows in... (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly... That's that's my question, is why is a band playing two shows at the same venue? Because that, like, the the Hold Steadies are... Adequately sized known yeah. band. And yeah. Why are they doing two different... I mean, yeah. I, I guess if it is L.A. or thereabouts, maybe they're playing at different venues because it's a big enough city. Yeah, or this, yeah. or it's a big enough city that they had to book two venues or something like that. Or maybe at this point the whole cities were actually small and local. I don't know anything about the band, to be frank. Yeah, same. Okay. But, it- yeah. but it, yeah, it was like we were like, oh, I can't make it on the one day. Oh, tomorrow? Yeah, just, just, like, what? Like, if it were a movie date, I would get that, but... Yeah. Anyway, Hurley's, Hurley's having a good day off. Back on the island, we are underground. Saeed says, well, this is the last duck. Now we are where we began. They are directly underneath where they were, a mysterious place. But they, uh, whoever they is, have poured concrete all the way down here, too, and it is just as thick, 8 to 10 feet. Which is, that's a, that is a lot of concrete. Like, that is a lot Mm -hmm. of concrete, and it makes this hatch thing seem just a physical, like, if this is 8 to 10 feet of concrete, plus the building, plus whatever the concrete Mm -hmm. is, this is a big fucking It's a big facility. Saeed's guess is that there's a geothermal generator behind the wall. Yeah, and it has a geothermal generator as well. Like, wow. But he also notes that the last time he heard of something with concrete poured over it was Chernobyl. And, yeah, I mean, I grew up in eastern Idaho, so I'm semi-familiar with how nuclear reactors go. And, yeah, you have some really thick concrete in some things. And then sometimes you have the thick concrete, and then there's gallons of water on top of it just mm-hmm. as like another layer and but water's an amazing radiation suppressor but yep okay. yeah so like you know they could have also flooded these tunnels too but yeah so, it's, it's thick it's yeah. thick so do you have any idea what could be behind this uh no it's just a very big thick mystery box that you know is magnetic in some fashion mm-hmm you also know from seeing further in the series that there is a new is this the stupid time thing is this is it is it time travel in the box time energy? No, I was okay. gonna say you know that there's a nuclear leaking nuclear weapon on the island that they Ooh, had suppressed. Yeah, concrete. true. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. But do you have any idea how that weapon could turn into a, a how a nuclear bomb uh, would turn into a mag a electromagnetic something something with 108 minute time on it? I have to think about that for more time than okay. I can off the cuff on podcast. Yeah, but. I was just wondering because mm. it's it, 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 it's something that I was just was thinking of, and I'm like, hmm. Uh, I mean, like, because you can generate a current with magnets, uh-huh. or and vice versa. But you know, the power so. comes from geothermal energy. So whatever yeah. is behind this thing is not generating power. And mm-hmm. if anything, the power is being used to. Sub- 
suppress it somehow. So that's okay. So we have we have geothermal power. Yes. We're talking about nuclear. Uh huh. And this is a clusterfuck. And you, and you also know that there is the power is generated from another station that they mentioned last mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, now I'm just wondering if this is, like, actually secretly, like, sort of eastern Idaho, because we have the nuclear power, and also geothermal, but also... I've been to East Idaho. It does not look like Hawaii. No, it doesn't. I'm just in terms of power generation. <laughs> and my other question for you is, do you want any more of that beer before I finish it off and open the next one? Uh, I'll keep going. I will work on it. Okay, because um, I kind of want to open the next one. Okay. Continue on. Anyway, while they're below, they hear a hissing noise, and they check it to go to investigate it. It's Kate. She's taking a shower. That was the noise. Was Jess, that what you expected? No, I thought something was leaking. Okay. Which I guess it sort of was if there was water draining. She says, or Jack's like, oh, uh, how was your shower? And she says, you know, there were pressure issues. It got cold at one point. It smelled a little like sulfur. I just think it means well water. I think is what they're getting at. Jack that. has feelings and doesn't notice the fact that she's like, oh, I left the shampoo for you. Because maybe he doesn't care about rationing. Sulfur could also be a he- confirm the geothermal. It makes sense. Stuff. Oh, yeah. That, that makes, yeah. Like a hot spring. Also, seeing a leaking. There was a lot of leaking in the Swan Station. Like, a lot, of, a lot almost all the things they were showing had, like, water leaking into it. Yeah. Which, given the fact that they said eight foot thick concrete just seems like I fear that it could make it so that it wouldn't leaky but hmm. whatever who knows maybe Desmond is just a terrible housekeeper and whatever maybe and then also makes me wonder about the um the pantry portion like maybe maybe it is that is the driest part next to the computer yeah, room true. But like the hallways had puddles yeah it's not in good condition which to be fair, if it's one man manning the station, he can't do everything. And however long it might have been, we don't know an exact timeline. Nope. Um, we are back. I will still call them the pit crew. Um, uh, before you start, I'm opening a Rheingast from Cincinnati Peach Dodo Sour Goza with peaches. Do we want to rinse our glass? Or? Pit crew. Blonde woman with them introduces herself to Michael, says her name is Libby. She asks how many people survived on their side of the island, and Mike's like, oh, about 40. And he's like, well, how many for you? And she says, um, 23 of us made it, which is very specific. And Lucia is like, It's We're also here. part of a number you should have memorized. <sighs> yes, I did recognize that. Just like how the 40... Do I need to jump on... Is it? Is 40 also part of the... I'm there sorry. was 42 when they landed. <sighs> <laughs> Okay, is this is this part of the game? Is we make all of the numbers in our world fit these six numbers? There's more than just six numbers. Is that six? I mean, four, eight, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. I mean, yes, is digits. Six. There's okay, but I hate everything. <laughs> Told um, you to keep track of the numbers. I know you did. Okay. Anyway, Anna Lucy's like, we're here. Sawyer looks around. They're still in the jungle. So he says, oh, are we going to get beamed up? But no, it's a hidden door into another bunker. It looks like another Dharma station. The animal or symbol in the center is, looks like a plus or something. Yeah, it's like a plus or a cross or something, yeah. Mike says, hi, I thought you said there were 23. And Libby says there were. Which is the problem I find with using these numbers because numbers are always in flux because people are dying, like Agent McScreamy face. There might have been eight left. I don't know, actually. I didn't count. (sighs) 
Okay. Yep, this is what we're going to do for the next hundred episodes, isn't it? I, I really actually do not know how many survivors there were, but... But what? Uh, nothing. I was going to go somewhere with that, but I'm just going to let you make a large sigh and leave it at that. That's the one. Okay. <laughs> anyway... Sun is working in her garden. We see Claire and Shannon and Vincent, because he's important. Come up to her, they say they found something in the water. It's the bottle that Claire found earlier with the stress strings. They say, oh, it's the messages from the raft. And they were like, oh, we thought you should decide what to do. So, uh, raft? Yeah, I don't know what that's about, other than maybe that was a, like a previous escape attempt. Or something. Got it. Or maybe they were like, well, in case we die, here's our notes to everyone or the world. I'm really not sure. So why would it be important for Sun to get those messages? Because she's probably the one that threw it off the raft when they tried to go wherever, is my guess. Okay. I don't know. Hurley comes up to Locke. He's like, man, why do you tell Charlie everything? Locke says, well, we all have jobs. You do too. And... Hurley's like, I don't I don't want to be the bad guy, because now that you've put me in charge of the pantry, I have to be the one to deny peanut butter to a nursing mother, and you know what they're going to get mad at? They're not going to get mad at Jack. They're going to get mad at me. Oh, oh, Hurley, do we want potato chips? Oh, I can't give you them. Oh, and everyone's going to hate me. And Locke's like, I'm sorry, Hugo. You don't get to quit. We all have jobs. And Hurley's like, mm. And then he walks out into the jungle, and he goes to a bundle he's hidden away in a tree, and it seems to be something kind of dickish? I wasn't really sure. Mm -hmm. Then we go to a flashback. It sounds vaguely like video game music, but it's actually a clarinet. He and his co-worker are driving around in their cool nerd van. Uh, they're stealing lawn gnomes from everywhere. And then they leave them on their boss's lawn, spelling out, Cluck you. I'm not going to lie, that that would feel really rewarding. To spell out, Cluck you for your boss? Or I mean, especially if your job's motto is have a cluckety, cluckety good time, or whatever it was. Yeah, have a cluck, cluck, cluckety good time. That's it. Meanwhile, as they're driving around, Hurley's like, hey, you know, no matter what happens, let's just be the same, okay? You and me. Let's just keep our same friend dynamic and his friend whose name is johnny i guess is like yeah man why wouldn't it be i mean you've been weird all day hurley what what's gotten into you are you are you having that stomach stapling surgery i bet you are that's why you're asking the girl out and hurley's like no but johnny's all like jiving or er, joking on that and um they uh we switch to the island there's a lot of cuts in this scene. Yeah. Uh, Hurley pulls out his bundle. It is explosives. He's putting them in the pantry. He's tying, um, like, a wick to it. He's being exceedingly careful, but, mm -hmm. yeah. He's, he's being careful, but he's also, like, looks like he's planning on exploding the pantry. Rose finds him and questions him, like, hey, Hurley, what is this? And he says, I'm sorry. I can't let it happen again. And she, Rose is everyone's mom, and she moms him. She's like... Well, what do you mean it'll happen again? Like, what? What are you? What? What is your issue? But like nicer than that, like, yeah. Um, interspersed throughout this are flashbacks to the convenience store, uh, and the convenience store, like they're pulling into the parking lot, and his friend's like, "Yeah, we're gonna be the same." There's a small 
group of news cameras uh, right by the front door interviewing the clerk because I guess the winning ticket was sold there. Mm-hmm. And his friend is like, you know, you wait here. I'm going to go in and get a snack or whatever. As he's exiting the van, the clerk looks over and is like, yeah, that's him. That's the guy. And then suddenly all the cameras swarm over. Hurley's friend just looks at him with this. I wasn't sure whether it was sad or disappointment or disgust. I don't know. It was a... It was a bunch of weird expressions for... Because, like, I feel like the reaction would just be, congrats, friend. Yeah. I don't... I, I feel like there's some unspoken, you lied to me. I think I that's thought we were best it. friends and you should have told me kind I, of thing. I still feel like it was very, very overblown, his mm-hmm. Johnny's reaction to this. Because, yeah. like, Hurley was about to tell him and it was obvious. Yeah. But it's one of those things. But overblown reactions are kind of a theme. Kind of a lost staple. Kind of a staple, Yeah. But yeah, throughout this, he's like, you know, I can't let it happen again. I have my friends. Everyone's going to hate me. And Rose is like, they're not going to hate you, baby. Everyone loves you. And, you know, it's not necessarily your fault if everyone doesn't get all of the resources or whatever. But she says it more maternally than that. I don't know. So a few things. First... How, why, and where do you think Hurley got sticks of fucking dynamite? I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah. Because there was definitely a spot that he knew where it was. Uh-huh. Not necessarily, like, something that he spied Locke putting away, unless that's what happened. <laughs> um, it does seem like Locke would have Because I would stuff. also not be surprised if Locke just has pockets of weapons and explosion, uh, explosives yeah. throughout okay. the island. Um, Where did Locke get sticks of dynamite? I don't fucking know. Locke just has has shit. Okay. And secondly, can you imagine how different that scene would have been if it wasn't Rose? Oh, Rose is the appropriate person here. Like, seriously. Like, I I imagine, like, if Jack came across him. So, if we had, like, late season Juliet there, I think she could also (laughs) do soft tones with Pearly and tell I don't, him everything's fine. I don't know. If, I don't think. Ju- I don't think Juliet even existed at this point in the show. Probably not because she is an other, and the only thing we know about others is their logo at this point. I think. I don't even. I don't even know if we know that much yet. I mean, obviously, somebody was manning these bunkers. stations. Yeah, you're right. But I think that's all. Like, they don't know that there are other people besides Desmond. He is the anomaly. So. Yeah, and there's a. Stuff to deal with the tail people. We'll, uh-huh. You'll see how that works out. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I think I'm walking a line here because it's not all middle-aged black women are magical mothers, but Rose is very patient with everyone around her and Hurley needs somebody to be patient and understanding with him, so... Given that you know Rose's backstory, I mean, it makes She's sense. not a magical mammy, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, true. And I think the show could fall into that, but I think it's, like... I don't... Yeah, I don't know. But we'll get to Rose more in a bit, as you... Yeah. Yeah. So, back on the beach, Hurley tells Jack something about the food, and Jack's like, uh... Yeah, okay, however you want to do this. And we have a montage over some heartwarming guitar music where Hurley just has, I guess, an armful of food. He gives Charlie a jar of peanut butter. He just kind of taps him on the shoulder, chucks it in his lap, and walks away. Dharma brand peanut butter. Yep. And he's handing foods to different people, box of cereal to someone, bag chips to another. Vincent and Shannon are buds now, I guess. Where is Walt? I question of the... 
season montage of happy eating jack and kate are being cute feeding each other it's gross whatever <laughs> i don't i i need to fill my jack sawyer itch there is i mean sawyer and jack are definitely in different locations right now yes i know and i need them pining for each other but they're not i know this is a ship created just in my head but it might not be there's subtext Meanwhile, while this happy montage of eating is happening, Sun is burying the bottle full of notes. So, yeah, what do you think that bottle full of notes is? I don't know. There were, like, six of them, like, rolled up tightly in there. So I don't know if it was, like, hey, if you find this, we're dead. Here's what to do with our whatever. Okay. Like, that's... That's the only thing I can think of. I guess she could also uncork it and burn it, but that would take time. So I guess she could just bury it so somebody can find it for plot reasons. Of course. Why else would you not do that? It's not like there's a giant use for fire nearby. Yeah, also, it's funny to me how I feel like in this episode, Shannon was purely just a way to get Vincent on screen. Yeah. But I guess with Michael being in a pit and Walt missing, who knows? And also, like, Boone seems to have disappeared, so she doesn't have her puppy dog. True. Yeah. I don't know where Boone is. Any thoughts on that? No. Okay. Other than, I'm glad he's not creeping on his sister. Because that was creepy. That was was weird. weird. Yeah. Back in the Tail Raiders camp. (laughs) Now I'm just gonna roll with it. Yeah, go for it. It's gonna be damned. The the pit crew is watching them, kind of sadly, because it's definitely not 23 people. Uh, an older man comes up to them and asks, Hey, in your camp, is there, is there, is there someone named Rose? And they all kind of look at each other and sort of like, black chick, mid-fifties, and the man is like, yes! And starts sobbing, and he's like, I'm Bernard, that's my wife. And Sawyer has nothing to say because actual emotions and feelings are happening. He can't be mean about that. (laughs) I mean, he can be. He could, but he, I guess that's a sign that our sarcastic anti-hero is not a total dick, because he's he's not going to be rude about this man finding out that his wife is still alive. Uh, And then we switch to Rose uh, at a fire or something, slipping an Apollo bar in her pocket, and then just fingering her wedding ring. And... Credits on happy music yeah. for once. I know. It's, it's been a while since we had a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So I, you didn't mention it this immediately, but I do believe that this is the first time we ever actually see Bernard. Yeah, I think, yeah, chronologically, I think this is probably the first time Bernard makes an appearance because it sounds like Rose has alluded to him before. Yeah. But because he was sitting in the tail part, they... um. He's just a figment, so they probably assumed he died. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely sounded like that when Hurley mentioned earlier. Yeah. So. Uh, did they know that Bernard was... I mean, you're probably not going to answer this, but did they know that Bernard was white? Was I, that part of this reveal? Is that, oh, it's an interracial couple? I'm pretty sure that was part of the reveal. Okay. Uh, I'm like I'm like 99% sure that they never mentioned him, yeah. uh, his race at all. Because, like, even though interracial couples are increasingly more common... Um, holla. But, uh, <laughs> they're not as seen as frequently on TV, I feel. Yeah. So, like, uh, props to ABC team for that. 
Yeah, because let's see, SOS is also later this season, but that's episode 19. So that's a lot later. So that's a lot later, but I assume that's because eventually Pit Crew makes it back to the beach, and then he's like, my wife! I need to rescue my wife! And she's like, chill, Bernard. Let's just (laughs) enjoy things. Yeah, because you do know that eventually some of these people meet up with the main crew, because you've seen... I'll just call him Accent Man because you don't know his name yet. And Anna Lucia with them. There was even... Well, I mean, it is mostly going back to SOS. was yeah. Where we saw Accent Man building a church with Charlie. Yep. And Anna Lucia, or Letty as I called her, in the bunker with Locke guarding Ben. Yeah. And though very brief, I don't know if you mentioned it, um, Libby does make an appearance in the episode as well. In the background. <sighs> okay. I think this is the first time I've caught her name. No, it's, I think... It's, it's definitely the oh. first time you've caught her name. Um, was she part of uh, Bernard's, hey, help me with this project thing crowd? No. As they went one by one? Okay. No, but she is She is in that episode. It's in a ba- it's a it's a very quick background scene, but because you didn't know... You had, you had no reason to assume she was anybody important. I don't think you did. Yeah. So now that you have a general... I, I mean, I'm kind of glad we got our first Hurley episode. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a main character in the show, because he yeah. shows up. He's been in almost every episode. Yeah. and he doesn't... Even the season six one, he's one of the remaining, like, five or six people to make it out alive. Yeah. R.I.P. all of our Asians. It's one of those things, like... I feel that you've gotten the idea that he doesn't seem to be doing too much. He feels more like a, a side character rather than the main, like... Core group. Main player character, yeah. whatever, for this sort of game. But, the A-team, as Charlie puts it. Yeah. Well, but then, like, he is quote-unquote the with the A-team in all of the scenes. And mm-hmm. he was really lucky when it came to horseshoes with Sawyer in the other village last episode. Oh, yeah. And he won the lottery. So I think maybe he and Walt are also bonded because they both have the preternaturally lucky traits or something. Yep. So... And, yeah. And also, I... Which also, you know, of the people to get off the submarine, he's the one that make it off the exploding submarine. Again, rest in peace, all Asians. Yeah. And the other thing, though, is um, I definitely made a point not to bring attention to this when you watched it, but when you watched 203, mm-hmm. when they're all in the hatch and Desmond tells them the numbers... I briefly asked you what you thought about Hurley during that scene. Yeah, and I was probably like, yeah, what about Hurley? His face, when they mention the numbers, he fucking lights up and he's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Let's see. Do my notes say anything? I don't believe so. Uh, they now need the code. Oh, because, like, Desmond tells him the numbers. Uh, yeah, I don't see anything. Yeah, I think you just took Curly's surprised face as a... The only thing the I have is, like, on? Locke is about to hit execute, but then says, Jack, you need to hit it as a leap of faith, and Kate's aid, and Hurley are like, this is irrelevant. Hurley also, during that scene, corrects the numbers. Oh. Yeah, it, no, I didn't write that down. Because he's about to put in, he's about to put in 26 out of 23, mm-hmm. and Hurley's like, no, it's 23. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, there's definitely a hint there. Okay, I figured it was beforehand. maybe, like, Locke attention span issues. Yo, I know, I, yeah, I, I know, I know that's what you thought, but yeah, no, so, they, um... Yeah, they definitely made a note that, yeah, Hurley has those numbers ingrained into his mind because, surprise, he's a multi-millionaire that used them to win the lottery. Hmm. 
So, so I'm guessing he flew to Sydney to get away from all the notoriety, and then he's finally coming back to L.A., home because something happened. Is that going to be why he's on this boat? Don't answer that. Maybe. But it also... So, you call this Science Island. Mm-hmm. What the hell do you think... Do you think the island generated the numbers? Do you think that the numbers the bring people would, to the why island? Why the fuck would an island generate numbers for a mega millions in, like, California or some shit? That's why I'm asking. I want to say no because that's dumb. But you're, that's probably the answer, because... Why would that be the answer? It's kind of dumb. Every, yes. Yes, exactly. Like, I want to believe the show is smart, and this show <laughs> definitely thinks it is smart. This show loves to pat itself on the back. But I also think the show likes to... doesn't like to, but it just ends up writing itself into corners, and then they're just like, uh, it's because the island did it. So, like... But, I mean, there, there definitely has to be some sort of influence that his numbers <sighs> and the numbers of the hatch are the same. Yeah, maybe the person who coded it also was, oh no, this is time travel bullshit where somebody saw the Mega Millions and wrote it down as the code, isn't it? I doubt it. Okay, that's gonna be... Okay, so that would be the explanation that makes the most sense. So that's probably not true, but I'm going to guess a time traveler was just, like, sitting late night in their motel in, like, California or somewhere, and they saw the Mega Millions announcement, and they're like, you know what? This is a good random string of numbers for a coat. I'm going to use this for my random hatch in the middle of nowhere Pacific Island. Yeah. Is that any other, anything else you want to try? Yeah, because it's sort of is like... That, is that your entire theory? Uh, yeah, because that's sort okay. of like uh, somebody using uh, almanac numbers from the future as something, as a message to people in the past. But again, that would make way too much sense. So even though that's my preferred theory, what I think is going on with these stupid numbers, that's probably not what actually happens, because I'm going to guess the answer is way dumber. Do you think it's a coincidence that the winner of those numbers, the, win- the person yes. who won the lottery of those numbers ended up on the island and I'm came across s- the computer of those numbers? I'm going to say yes, but okay. it's very contrived, so no, because maybe the magnetic geothermal thing, the island is sentient, and it's bringing all of these people here because they are hellbound, and this is a religious metaphor, and they're all dead. I am not grinning ear to ear that you you listeners can cannot see, you. see that. I can see you. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's probably not it. You're right. That's that that's that's really dumb. Why would the island be sentient? No, that's probably it, because it's so dumb. And like the smoke monster is probably like its immune system and God, this is stupidly plausible. <laughs> uh, and with that I think we're good for the episode. Is right. the lost faded like the sound effect just really one long deep sigh? No, I'm pretty sure it's made of oboes. <sighs> That's not an oboe. I know it's. Uh, I just wanted. To. Okay. <laughs> the look on her face right now is utter disappointment. <sighs> Which is probably how you feel now as we're ending this episode. Um. So uh, thanks Sorry, for listening. Sorry, we don't have more to say other than just like I. Yeah. There's a lot more to say. Anyway, you can find her on Twitter. Damari. D-A-U-M-A-R-I. Use the hashtag lost at random. We'll find out or we'll see you again next time whenever we uh, bring more wrinkles into her idea of what this show might be. Yeah, so I guess if I had to put a status for my general thoughts on Lost, it would just be the community gif of Troy saying, you're wrinkling my brain. <laughs> you're wrinkling my brain. Uh, wait. Yeah. Huh? All right. Well. Thanks very much, guys, and until next time, (laughs) bye.